0: What is going on, you lovely lot? How's things going? Hope you all had a wonderful Christmas and New Year. Happy 2022. I'm back with a new episode of Get Your Ears On It. Today, I'm joined by Max Sadie, the guy behind wantdrums.com. We talk about how the business came to be, how things have been over the past few years, and catch up on the artists that he's been working with. So yeah, I think I just did that in the first take, you know? Bloody hell, New Year, new me. Let's get into it. just in case something goes wrong. Hopefully it doesn't, hopefully it doesn't. How's your Friday going? Fingers crossed. Yeah, it's good actually.
1: Um, Busy, busy, but um, busy. yeah, yeah, no, no, it's good. It's just, uh, it's always like a sort of rush before, you know, the weekend and stuff and just trying to get things done. So uh, how about yours?
0: Yeah, it's not too bad to be honest. It's uh, like I say, picking up again. Things are, yeah, things are all right. It's just a bit, a bit hit and miss, I suppose. Definitely. Things are still being cancelled for obvious reasons but yeah when you say preparing for the weekend are you still out and about playing what's your split at the moment are you mainly recording or are you kind of playing quite a lot as well
1: um you know it's a bit it's as you were saying because it's 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 strange at the moment so it's it can be a real mixture i mean i've been doing um i've been doing a lot of live work over the last sort of uh well couple of months really which is which has been great um and then also you know i mean the studio is kind of where i am during the week um but uh, yeah sort of over the next two weeks it looks like it's going to be more studio stuff than than live stuff so yeah it, it honestly it just um yeah it really really varies
0: i mean for anyone that doesn't that doesn't know i mean i was i got actually a really i got a lot of questions which i'll try and awesome. wangle in um between whatever jabber i come out with <laughs> sure. um but for those that don't know max owns want not .co.uk correct .com that's the one (laughs) which is an online session service I suppose is the best way of putting it yeah so is that when you say you're kind of spending most of the time in the studio is it your own setup that you're spending time in or are you still working out and about
1: yeah yeah no it's literally it's it's here it's it's just in sort of my little place and um yeah just doing just all all remote work really um it's Actually, no, it's not often that I go to, to, to studios, really, um, because, yeah, I can just sort of get it done from here, really. It just makes mm.
0: sense. Do you um, find that people are, are contacting you for, is it the ease of the online session stuff, or is it is it the fact they're not having to organise? I suppose with, mm. with what we've come out of as well, people are, you know, using more... Online services as well, but were you pre-COVID? Were you f- having a lot of studio work, or has it always been from your setup that you've just had the work? It's
1: it's 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 always been um, literally ninety-five percent of the time. It's 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 always been sort of stuff from here, um, and I think I you know I. I I think it's a sort of whole multitude of different reasons for people. I think you know because I, I I do stuff. I mean, a, a lot of the stuff I do are for people, sort of singer-songwriters, um, you know, uh, and they might not have the budget to go to a studio. They might not, you know, just sort of have those resources available to them. Um, and so they obviously, I guess, love the fact that they can just sort of get something done here, and they haven't got to worry about you know heading off to a studio and doing this and doing that and and sort of the various expenses involved but then also on the other side of 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 the coin um i've done some stuff for other people who uh, perhaps would like to go to a studio but actually don't have the time and you know they, they kind of want something done pretty quickly right um and uh, and again everyone's working to a budget and i just think this kind of appeals to people for 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 all sorts of reasons um uh, yeah i mean i've all- i've kind of always said you know i'm i can never compete with something like Abbey Road you know that's never gonna happen and that's not that's not the idea um but it's a good sort of halfway house where you know people can just kind of send send their tracks and i can i you know i've got this place and i can and I can record the drums here for them um i would never try and compete with other studios that's not kind of that's not that's not the idea um so uh, so yeah slightly
0: Long, long winded answer there. No, no, no. It's fine, exactly. <laughs> on the, like I said, with some of the questions I got, um, I'll try and kind of mangle them in. And on the topic of budget, someone asked a question. I say questions, it's kind of three questions, really, in one. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's so many different variables that have a playing factor on your pricings and how, you know, you go about charging people for the sessions. But they've, they've asked what a, a track would cost number one, number two, turnaround time. And number three, if demo drums does not does that affect the pricing? So let's say, again, they've not given, I don't know, let's say a three and a half minute tune just to make things easy. Um, What would the turnaround time be on that? And what would like the starting cost be if it had demo drums that you could just, you know, replace or the opposite end of the spectrum where there was no drums at all and you would have to write your own?
1: Sure. Okay. Yeah. Good, good questions. Um, I mean, I've never um, uh, kept sort of prices a secret really because I think... Um, uh, I mean, if you go onto my website now, it, um, my prices are on there, but the way that I do it is um, I have a sort of starting rate and that just kind of gives people a bit of a ballpark. Um, but on, on on my website, I think at the moment it says that, you know, tracks are between £79 and, and £119, <laughs> to be
0: right.
1: uh, precise. Um, and that's just to give people an idea. But really in terms of how I sort of price things um, – there are a few variables in terms of um, the the requirements. Really, one of the biggest things for me tends to be the sort of complexity of the song um, and the length of a song. Um, I mean, I've been working on a track... Um, earlier this week that's like a six and a half minute track and it's just there's a lot going on you know there's a lot of stuff (laughs) um and it's not a tradition you know it's it's not it's not a it's not like a pop session a bit more of a cinematic kind of soundtrack um session and that was this about six and a half minutes long and and that's very much that's very different um because for this sort of particular session I was told that I need to just kind of create the parts and kind of do my thing really so I really had to you know it's taken a lot of time for me to create the parts and and sort of mess around with various different things so something like that is never going to cost the same amount as a you know as 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 a sort of standard pop track um so i I know it's kind of vague but but i'd sort of work within a kind of price range um and then adjust you know going forward and you know sometimes people want several songs and I'll, i'll of course i'll always kind of you know sort of cut a deal really on them um but yeah i think i think i've i've always i've often for people that might be interested in terms of how if they're interested in in doing this sort of thing um i've always experimented with with putting prices on on my website and i've also tried not having them on there you know what i haven't really massively noticed a huge difference um i think if people are kind of i think if people like what they see on the site and they think this is a good fit for me um What's the worst that can happen? They just kind of reach out and they go, oh, that's, that's out my kind of budget. Um, so, yeah. But I, I I think a good place is, is you know, I can't I could never itemise things and say, okay, yeah, three and a half minute track's going to cost this and a four minute track's going to cost that. Um, so I just give people a range of, of, of what it could cost. Um, yeah, I think, was there another question? Uh, oh, in terms of copying drum parts, that sort of thing. You know what? Yeah. Um, often that that doesn't really make um, a difference because, uh, well, I I choose to sort of decide that it doesn't make much of a difference. You know, some people might. Um, so yeah, I, it's just it's just the nature of, of the work, really. Some things can be done much quicker than others. Um, and uh, yeah, that's just the way it is. Or sometimes you might have something that you think is quite simple or quite straightforward. Um, and actually you end up going back and forth quite a lot with alterations and amendments and that sort of thing. And actually you realise you should have quoted a bit more, (laughs) but that's just the way it is.
0: Say you have someone, you know, kind of get in touch and they're like, oh, this is, you know, let's go back to that three and a half minute track again. I know it's all kind of a bit of a tricky one because it depends on what the track is. It could be a, like say, a pop track or a three and a half minute experimental jazz or metal thing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. If you used to like turn around and give someone a price, does that include a certain thing or would you then, if you felt like it could Mm. do with some percussion, would you add that in and, or is there like, you know, a limit to, to what that includes?
1: Yeah. So again, um, I like to sort of detail that all on the website so that people know what they're getting. Um, and really the way that I do it is I basically say to people, again, I've changed over the years, my offering and I used to, uh, you know, people do things in very different ways, you know. Um, but I found that, for me, what I offer is I will quote them for a track, uh, so for a three-and-a-half-minute track or whatever, um, and what I actually do now is that actually includes unlimited alterations. Okay. Now, that might sound a bit crazy, but from my experience, a lot of people only want one or two small adjustments. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: It's very rare that people will just keep going back and forth, back and forth. And actually... Um, I, when that does happen, people often say, look, I'm going to pay a bit extra because I know that this is taking, a, you know, a little bit longer. Um, and the percussion. So percussion, that's separate as well. Um, so if people want extra percussion and that sort of thing. Again, I don't want to sort of push it on people. Um, uh, but I might say to people, "You know, perhaps some percussion might sound nice here and, you know, perhaps this might work. Um, because ultimately this is all a creative process, you know, and um, I don't want um, it to seem that I, you know, people are being charged for every little thing, really. Um, I want to, yeah, exactly. You know, I want, I want it to be fair. I need to make a living at the end of the day. Um, but, but I also want to, you know, I do this because I enjoy, you know, I, I love music and I love playing drums and, you know, I just want to kind of help other people out by offering what I can, what I can do. Um, so yeah, yeah, I would definitely say that the simplest thing is it's 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 on my website in terms of what you get I think it literally says what you get um and that gives people good a good idea
0: yeah so if someone was to to come to you with a drumless track that they want drums putting on do you do you ask for reference tracks Do you ask for inspiration in terms of what they listen to what sort of things are you trying to get what information you trying to get out of them for you to make your decisions on what to put on the track
1: yeah, so um, definitely, I'll say the first thing I'll say to people, if they don't already kind of disclose, you know, I there, I, there are kind of two types of clients that that, that I sort of deal with. And, and they're often people who just say, look, you know, this is my track. These are the demo drums. Um, please just do your thing. You know, um, I like the way maybe the drums in my program drums do this in the bridge or in the middle eight. So maybe some, elaborate on something like that. That, that would be great. Um, And then often they'll just kind of leave those, I suppose, sort of sonic decisions down to me in terms of drums, cymbals, you know, snare drums, that sort of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you will have other clients that will say, you know, they'll be very kind of specific in terms of what they want and they'll say, I love the drums in the chorus. I love what the drums are, like the energy of the drums in this chorus from this track, but I love the sound of the drums from this artist on this album um, and yeah, it's, it's, it could be anything from either end really. Mm. Um, but I, I will always say, I will, you know, I will say to people, do you have an idea of what you want? And if you don't, that's absolutely fine. Cause some, you know, it's kind of hard to get out of the mind of a drummer because people go, look, I'm a guitarist or, you know, whatever. I don't, I'm coming to you. So you, you, you tell me what you think's best. Um, and, uh, yeah it's 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 always evolved over the years and i suppose i kind of talk about it slightly vaguely but i think that's just because i've kind of learned to interpret what people mean especially when a lot of the work i do is also for people in other countries around the world so you've also someone's got that sort of language barrier right and i've sort of kind of learned to sort of understand what people mean when they say certain things uh, you know especially when a lot of it's over email um and when English perhaps isn't somebody's sort of, um, first language, um, let alone, you know, them not being a drummer.
0: What's the weirdest, probably not, probably not the best to say weirdest, but yeah. what's the most unique country or place you've sent, you've had a client?
1: Oh, good question. Um, that is a good question. Well, I, I did a session, I've done a session for, a, for a client, um, a couple, uh, in China and... Okay. I say that because they've been my f- what sort of first and only client that I've ever worked for in from from China um, and I, that was quite interesting when that when that sort of came through um, and it was that was a hard session actually it was some like crazy crazy drumming. <laughs>
0: was it? <laughs> um, what, sort yeah. of, what sort of thing was it? I can't imagine I suppose it's probably tricky to to learn as well because if you've not got yeah, I mean, I'm not sure about yourself personally, but whenever I'm li- trying to learn songs, I'm associating things to lyrics. Yeah, totally. So whenever I had to, yeah. I've had to learn, you know, tracks in different languages, I'm just like, I have no idea where I am. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. What have they just said? What's going on?
1: Well, that's it. That's it. I, honestly, it's it's quite amazing actually how quickly you can pick up. You know, you actually realise you don't need to know the language because it. I mean, this this particular session was was a kind of sort of straight ahead sort of um track and stuff so i could hear where the verses were and where the sort of pre-choruses and the choruses were you can you could just sort of pick that up um uh but again um if 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 it's something that i'm you know I'll, i often i'll listen to the track first and then i'll get back to the client and so if it, if there are bits i'm not particularly sure as to what's going on because i've done some things before where it's like okay, there's not like a verse and then a bridge and then it's going to something else and then it's coming back here and, and you know, and I'm like, I don't know what's, what... And I often say, I'll say, could you perhaps just write me out a little roadmap map in terms of what each section is? Um, and, uh, yeah. So I, I would probably say, yeah, I'm just trying to think if there are any other sort of countries. Um, uh, Ecuador, that's...
0: Ecuador. Yeah, right. Ecuador is
1: one, yeah. Right. Um yeah. I mean, like, it's been... It's it's 30-odd countries that I've done stuff for, um, for clients oh, over the what's years.
0: What's your... Besides UK, what's your... Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess, is it America? Is that the second biggest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, um, that use you?
1: Actually, do you know what? I, I was... I I'm tempted to say maybe Germany, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Maybe sort of America and Germany, the kind of two. They're probably... Probably about the same amount, actually. Um, I mean, a lot of people. I, I, Amer- I definitely, I used to a huge amount of work for people in America, which I always, I was always quite astounded by, because it seemed that in America the whole remote recording thing was happening a lot. So you know, and I mean, I had some people getting in touch who were from Nashville, and I was thinking but surely you've got a whole pool of people there that could do this <laughs> yeah. like people yeah. better than me <laughs> you know people with a lovely studio you know that that would be you, you know it seems that everyone has got a studio in Nashville um but uh yeah and and then uh, sort of over the years uh more and more people are, are, are doing remote recording and I think um uh before it was, it tended to be the people with really big studios that were doing remote recording. Whereas now, people can set themselves. So I, th- you know, there's a lot of people in the states I think who are doing remote recording, who aren't doing it out of huge studios. And maybe, um, you know, there's just more people doing it now. So there's sort of less work coming from America.
0: Fair enough. Ecuador. That's a that's a good one. That one.
1: Ecuador. I know. I know. I know. It's um, and often I don't find out until. Um, until we're sort of finished and we're and we're sort of paid up because I can see where they've kind of sort of you know where the, how how they paid me if that makes sense I just get the details of, of of them and I'm like oh man this I thought this person was like I don't know from Wickham or something <laughs> you know <laughs> not Ecuador yeah, not, not <laughs> a off. Off. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> going back to the um, going back to the I'll try not to get too nerdy on it but going back to the gear side of things when you talk about Dependent on what clients say you'll make your decision on the gear that you want to use, you know, the sounds, dynamics, sonic side of things. Um, another question was what, What I suppose, I think what they're trying to ask me here is, do you find gear can be a limiting factor? I know that you're with, um your Sabian and Remo artist. Yeah. Correct, yeah. Yeah. But you, do you find that there's ever um, someone approaches you and says, you know, this is what I want. Here's a reference track. I would like the drums to sound like this and you sit there and you think, oh, I'm not sure I can get... Do, do you have, uh, you know, a, a room full of kits that you alternate through for different sounds or is it one of those that you 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 kind of experiment more with head variety to get that sound that you're after? Or is it, you know, does it do you think you need the gear or is it more using the gear that you've got to get that sound? I think that's what they're trying to ask me.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Um, you know, actually, the kit that I've got here, it's a, um, a Yamaha recording custom and this just stays up all the time because before I was, you know, I, I've I've got um, a few other kits and, you know, with lots of different sounds and that sort of thing. Firstly, it's it's a hell of a lot of work to have to pull everything out. And, you know, and um, if I was charging a lot more, then I would have the time to be able to continually switch out. Um, but there's a whole host of other reasons why that doesn't work, because if you're doing several sessions in a day sometimes or, or, or in a week, uh, and people need changes if you've just taken out the kit that you've just used on their track. You you know, it's, it's so it gets very messy very quickly. Um, so I suppose through necessity, I've really experimented with, you know, how can I it, sort of change the sound of a kit quite dramatically by changing things like, um, you know, cymbals. Honestly, for me, it's mainly snare drum and cymbals. I don't change out the heads all that much. Um, for me, it's either... No dampening for an open sound, or just applying loads and loads of dampening, and it's amazing. The you know just the difference you can get. Obviously, you know, um, for me, I I find it's it's cymbals, and if it had to be one thing, it would definitely be the snare drum. Um, snare drum.
0: What are yeah. your top? What are your top three? I'm guessing there's a Black Beauty in there.
1: Yes, so I've got Black Beauty on here. I would turn my iMac, but it's like it's huge. So <laughs> <Definitely> <laughs> yeah, it's all right. um, yeah. So uh, Black Beauty. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely love that.
0: Um, what else do you reckon?
1: A, a huge favourite of mine is the Sakai Trilogy snare that I've got. Um, okay. Did
0: you used to have a Sakai kit? Do I remember correctly? Yes, I do. I, st- yeah. I
1: still have that, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, actually, I'm using it for a gig next week, so that will be nice to blow the cobwebs off of it. Um, yeah, um, the Sakai Trilogy snare I love because that is definitely my go-to snare for like a big, fat uh, sort of snare sound. It just... It just works so well. So um, often, that's that's kind of like if 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 somebody says if they send me a reference to a track that they really like the sound of and it's like a big fat sort of snare, um, that's that's the first you know that I mean right now that's just tuned all the way down, ready to go on 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 a track that somebody needs that. Um, I think actually you know my most versatile snare is a Yamaha uh, recording custom aluminium snare. Okay. And I don't know why, but it just works so well. Um, it just works so well across everything. Um, it's quite Is it
0: quite a thin shell?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I'm not 100% sure, actually. Um, the, the, <laughs> I actually bought that snare drum having never tried it before. Um, a lot of the snares I've never tried before. Uh, <laughs> I just saw, I mean, I just watched YouTube videos and then... Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. Because I, 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 I'm, I'm one of these people that could really torture themselves over it. If I went to a drum shop and I was trying like loads of different snares, I wouldn't. I just go. I I don't know which what sounds good anymore. I can't make up my mind, you know. Um, whereas I tend to go for things like you know like a Black Beauty because I just know that that's like if I can't get that to sound right, then I'm doing something yeah. wrong because yeah. everyone raves about them. And and actually, I've, I sometimes I struggle with that snare. It's a funny one um right. i don't know if it's just my model but sometimes it, if you just yeah i'm not i'm not really sure i actually got it second hand from somebody and somebody and they said to me they struggled to get it to sound uh to sort of sound right and it's it's hard to explain but if you get it in the sweet spot it sounds great
0: um i mean i've got a lovely mapex now that i'm happy to do a trade with you if you want i'll take that <laughs> off you and my mapex one sounds sounds well, sounds great
1: <laughs> i'm 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 sure it does and on, honestly i've i've used so many snares over the years and what i'm starting to realize is that actually mm, there's not much i mean the black beauty was was the most expensive one i've got and it's the most fussy without a doubt
0: really? um
1: yeah is it it's 14 pain. by six
0: and a half or is it the? Sh- the yeah, it is yeah
1: 14 by six and a half yeah yeah um and yeah i've uh I've just got it really cranked up at the moment, actually, <laughs> because I was getting annoyed with, uh, with, with yeah, I don't know, whatever.
0: But, so always um, the best way in it, just crank, crank the hell out of it. Yeah, if You can't get it. Definitely. Definitely. Cool. So um, on the on the topic of recordings and obviously, want drums is something that's how long has it been around now? So I
1: started in 2011.
0: 2011, right? Yeah.
1: 2011. So it's years. been a long time. So it was yeah. Ten years, ten years. Twenty twenty
0: one still. I forget I, what year I, we're in half the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> ten years. Yeah, ten, 10 years. years. Bloody hell. So is it something that did you educational background, did you mm. study production? Did you study, you know, engineering? Or is it something that you just, you know, you as a drummer and you thought I wanna be able to provide my services and you've taught yourself?
1: Yeah. That's literally that's basically it. I mean, I I didn't do any I've got no qualifications in, in, in music. It was actually the things I have got were in media, in uh, television and film. Okay, um, that wasn't. I was. I was. I was in a place where I could. I could make the decision whether I wanted to continue down that path or risk it and go the music route. If you know, you know, I was, I was, I was, I was at home and I didn't have to, you know, I didn't sort of have bills to pay and that kind of thing. And I, I, I remember going music's really where I want to go, but is, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Cause I don't, you know, I don't have any qualifications in it. You know, I've never studied engineering or anything like that, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't remember probably when that was, but it was never with the intention to go into remote recording. I just discovered about remote recording, um, probably in sort of 2010 maybe, mm-hmm. um, and then thought, I'll just, I'll give it a go. Um, and actually I was doing it then on my uh, Roland kit that I still have, the, my, my V-Drums kit. And I remember thinking, people aren't going to be interested in this. But actually it turns out people weren't or aren't particularly fussy about a really great sort of drum recording. What it's more about, it's more about the human player and actually having a human play on their, on their tracks and, you know, um, but also with, with sampled software like, uh, superior drummer, a totally underrated feature, I think is the fact that I could record my, dr- the, uh, you know, on the Roland kit, and then you can actually export and bounce out the individual stems from that. So superior drummer converts it into, into audio files and you even, so you get like the snare top, the snare bottom, the kick in, kick out, and you can hear the bleed from the other instruments. It's insane. Like, yeah. it's, if somebody presented it to you, they would just go, "That's an amazing, you know, capture of a kit." Mm-hmm. Um, so I was using that, and clients were really, really happy with that. Um, and uh, and then gradually, I thought, well, maybe kind of to take it to the next level. I should uh, I should start offering acoustic recordings, but that meant buying microphones. Um, and I started off with a really cheap set of mics, um, and borrowing a couple of mics from some 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 friends of mine um, and I kind of learned along the way I mean I had no idea really what I was doing um, yeah. and I've just kind of learned and I'm I'm honestly I know everyone says this but I am I am still learning um, all the time uh, so yeah it's uh it's it's been something I've just like sort of learned over the years I I did um, to sort of backtrack a bit on actually about the whole music side of things, I did. I was learn. I kind of had formal tuition in terms of uh, learning the drums. Um, uh, although I, I'm not, I can't. I can't actually. Well, I say I can't. Um, well, yeah, I can't read music. <laughs> so right. um, I have always listened to things by ear. So I always feel a little bit like there's there's an element where I kind of had the formal tuition and that sort of thing. But then a lot of it, I just I. I think I'm better at learning things as I go, if that makes sense. Mm. And, um, yeah. you know, yeah. So, so, yeah. That's the answer, really.
0: Perfect. Fair enough. So, it, going back to when you had the the cheaper microphones and you you started to build your setup. If you could look back on it now and say, what what was that cheaper set consisting of, like two overheads, kick and snare type?
1: Yeah. So that was. I'm just trying to think what it was. Um, so it was two overheads. Um, okay, in fact, I could probably tell you. So it was by Samson. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Samson mics. And in fact, actually, I still
0: have... I still think they sound class on Toms, those. Some, yeah, uh...
1: yeah, they're, they're nice. I still... I don't have the box. I still have the overhead mics here. <laughs> These are great. They're, they're really great. Um, so I had a box, which I, uh, which I, I was lent... Um, from a friend um, so that was uh, I think it was two Tom mics two overheads but I didn't use um, the snare mic with it or the, or the kick mic that came with them and I borrowed an Audix D6 and an SM57 so that's what I was using to, to uh, literally just um, to track the drums and then through uh, audio interface wise I was using a Focusrite Sapphire Pro 40 and a, and and um, uh, an OctiPre as well, which are great, great interfaces. You know, instantly you've got sixteen channels, um, and uh, yeah, that's what I was using. Uh, yeah, and at no point—that's point, that's
0: what I've got at the moment. It's the F- Pro forty and then the F- Liquid fifty six Daisy chain nice. together. Yeah, but yeah, I just yeah. I mean, the problem because they're getting older, and then Apple keep updating everything. They're just kicking off. But out of that kind of setup that you had, the Samsung stuff and the let's just say it was all the samsung stuff yeah if someone was in that position because again this is i think kind of a question that i was asked it didn't quite make sense again but i'm trying to uh, figure out what they was getting at say you've got that samsung set up um if you was to upgrade one of those microphones or let's class the overheads as one as well Mm -hmm. what would be the most worthwhile do you think it'd be getting a good pair of overheads or do you think it'd be getting a Good kick mic or snare what do you think would be the best
1: i would say 100 percent overheads definitely um because a cheap pair of overheads can cause you know it's not that they sound bad but you just tend to find that when you're mixing cymbals just sound harsh or they sound very brittle um and you know people always say most of your drum sound is from the overheads um or you can like mix from the overheads. I've Yeah, I hear that a lot and I just think, yeah, but it doesn't sound that, it's not that great. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, they're no, a key yeah. part to it, but um, yeah, uh, but I would say that that the overheads would definitely, I think if it were me, I would start with overheads and then I would also then do uh, a decent snare top mic, which and build up. by decent is a 50 SM57. You do, I'm, I use Nordics i5, Um, I still use all the same mics that I bought, you know, many, many years. I mean, literally, yeah, 10 years ago. Um, Well, I didn't upgrade instantly. But um, that's another massive piece of advice that I can't remember who I heard it from. But they just said the best thing to do as well is to, if you can, when you want to upgrade, buy microphones that you won't need to then upgrade in the future. Or if you want to, uh, it would be something different. So... Uh, a great pair of overhead mics that I've used for many years. And I, I love uh, the Beyerdynamic MC930 pencil condenser mics. Th- they were the first thing that I upgraded um, those overheads and they made a huge difference. Um, and then, and I, I've used those for like seven, eight years. And then I bought the Coles mics, but, which are lovely, but they're very different, you know, and I, I bought them not because they were better, um I bought them because I I wanted to just try something different. If that makes sense, it's not the the Bayer dynamics are here and the coals are there. It's just like the Bayer dynamics are over here and the coals are just like something else. They're just something different. Um, and uh, uh, but I, but I will say this, even even with the Coles and I, ap- I love them. Um, it's not a case that I would always say, oh coals, yeah, whatever. They're just the best mites to use. I wouldn't use anything else, you know. Um, yeah, it was like an itch that I wanted to scratch. Really, was 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 to get those and, and and yeah, I love them. They're 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 great mics, but
0: they're quite uh they're quite dark. Are they quite well? The ribbons are they, so they are a bit darker than the your pencils, I suppose. Yeah,
1: they yeah, they're 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 really they are they are very dark. I think the best way I can describe them is it sounds like a microphone with like a plastic bag over like the capsule, like it has a really muffled sound and. Uh, man i spent so long on forums just googling about these mics you know because it was in it was in i think it was just as the pandemic was beginning um and no one was offering the ability to be able to hire them and try them for a bit because they were like oh we don't want anyone touching them um you know i couldn't even return them apparently if i opened them and i'd even touch them i couldn't return them which i thought was a bit weird especially when you're you know spending that kind of money on yeah, microphones i had
0: the same thing with this i there was a return policy on it, which I just thought, cool, standard return policy, bought this in lockdown. And then when I tried to ex- uh, return it, they were like, have you opened the box? And I said, well, yes, because I yeah. wouldn't have known if I wanted to return it or not. And they said, oh, sorry, it's con- contaminated. We can't give you your money back. And I was like, oh, God, this is a bit of <sighs> That's a so annoying. Bit of a nightmare. Yeah. But that, I see what you mean. It's It was a bit of a, I guess it's, they're not cheap microphones. No. Are, they? are they set of calls? What, you know, you're talking 15, two grand? Yeah,
1: um, I think I got mine... Uh, I think they were nine hundred each. I think, um, yeah. but the thing they
0: don't and then do you have to buy the little dongle, bloody ugh.
1: yes. So that's the thing. That's what people don't tell you about. Is well, actually, it was it was more of an investment because I had to buy this ridiculous stand. <laughs> so this is just one one of them. I've got two of those. These massive, like heavy duty tripod stand. Because when people say they're heavy, they're not lying. They are really, really heavy mics and. When I first put them on, you know, much lighter stands, I was worried that I would come into the studio one morning and it would have just like collapsed. And I was like, yeah, I can't have that because they're they're, they're fragile. Well, from what I read, they're very fragile. So, Um, but yeah, those adapters, because that was a minefield trying to find out you know, I was Googling and, and everyone was saying, oh, don't forget about these adapters. And I was thinking, I was looking at, at the connection and I was like, this is such a weird connection. And I was like, I actually put it off for a while because I was like, this is too much hassle. I don't understand how this all works. And then anyway, I realised it's just, you just bolt this connect, you know, connector into the back of the coals and then it's got an XLR on the end. But yeah, what they don't tell you is they're like 110 pounds each.
0: Um, <laughs> so what's that? So you've got the 900 for the coals. So that's 1,800. Another couple of hundred quid on adapters, so that's two grand. And then what were the, the two heavy duty stands, 100 quid the, each? The hev-
1: they, yeah, they were about 100 each. So they weren't too bad, actually. Uh, I got them from Tommen, or Thommen, whatever, however you say it. But um, yeah, they're great. They're super flux ones. I've seen a lot of people use those for coals for because I did not want to spend like hundreds of pounds on one stand. I was just like, I'm not, you know, if I can do this slightly sort of more budget friendly than <laughs> then I will but but those adapters you can get two types you can get one that's like a silver plated thing and one which is gold and I'd recommend the gold one because it's got an anti like vibration thing built into it right um okay. and I only say that because if you're spending that money on microphones you might as well just get you know in terms of connectors and adapters you might as well just equally buy you know Mm -hmm. the more expensive ones if they are better you know i i I think they're better but yeah
0: what was the price difference between the gold and the silver ones
1: i think i don't know i'm not sure but there was there was a fair difference i think it it might have been like don't quote me on this but it might have been like 60 pound each for the other adapters you know so to go over 100 quid or whatever they were or they might be 80 quid I'm, i'm not i'm not really sure but um they were significantly more, and I was I was struggling to understand why anyone would want to do that. And I spoke to a guy on the on, on the phone when I bought them, and he was like, "You know, um, uh, I would recommend them." And yeah, he was saying, "If you're buying these microphones, I think it'd be a no-brainer." So yeah, um, yeah, and they seem to be secure. So that's the main thing
0: <laughs> so far. You're not coming <laughs> yeah, yet. So far, Touchwood. So far, no, so not good. yet. <laughs> Just got one more question on the on the gear side of things. Mm. Um, I suppose it, it falls under the gear category, I guess. Um, the actual space that you're in, is that a, a, a acoustically treated room or is it a, kind of like an outhouse to your, or is it a room inside of your house? What's the kind yes. of setup there?
1: So it's, a, it's an outbuilding um, and it's been acoustically treated in the sense that I haven't had like an uh, acoustician in, I think that's what they're called, um, to come and measure frequencies and that kind of thing. I've just basically, um, through trial and error, kind of got baffles and stuff around the room down there and everything and up on the ceiling as well. Um, so, yeah, this is um, this is a very sort of functional, separate room. Um, there's nothing fancy really about it. Um,
0: what sort of size and- is it? Is it...
1: Oh, I'm not square footage to... what do you reckon oh i don't know um big I'm, I'm not yeah i mean it's 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 long like it's a long room um and it's um it's wide enough to be able to accommodate obviously the kit and to walk around the kit and everything um so it's not a square room uh so yeah it's got it's got it goes down there so it's got some it's got some length um which, which helps but uh yeah i think experimenting definitely really helps in terms of kit position and that sort of thing in in different rooms because you, you can only work with what
0: you've got at the end of the day um what about the external side of things is it is it acoustically treated to the point where people outside can't hear when you're playing or is it is there bleed internally from outside noise or is it fairly i'm, I'm not 100 sure is it quite a rural area that you're in or are you
1: yeah it's well no it's 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 amongst houses it's amongst other buildings um I mean if you were to stand right outside you would hear some noise yeah you would hear it because it's not it's not like a you know um I mean to have a building that was completely cut off I mean you'd be spending serious money I mean like tens and tens of thousands of pounds probably just on acoustic installation alone but it's it's treated you know, to a sort of respectable level. I mean, the walls are thick, they're very thick and they've got different membranes in them and all that kind of thing to help stop. You know, as you say, it's as important to stop the noise from going outside, you know, from annoying people. Um, But it's also very important so that noise doesn't come in. Um, You know, sometimes you might hear sort of something if it's something really low flying helicopter, you know, (laughs) which has happened before. But uh, no, it's it's it's, it's a quiet room it's a very quiet room but it's not scientifically done you know i'm i wouldn't profess that it's 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 that
0: so when when you're walking in is it have you had the whole room inside of a room thing built or is it just that you know a thick no. external door right
1: very yeah just so it's two doors and it's just um a thick floor uh, and walls but it's yeah again it's not i mean to do a room within a room that's serious money um i mean if budget allowed and and time as well i mean it would you know i think uh i would love the idea of of having somewhere that was you know a really nice big room or whatever and it was all a floating room and that kind of thing um but actually to be honest the time to do that would be it's a lot of time you know and obviously expense
0: um so in terms of out- outside of the online recordings Sort of things obviously, you've got the whole gig inside as well. Do you use the room for anything else? Do you do, do you teach? Do you do, I mean, teach drums, but do you also teach the production side of things? Is it something that you've thought about before or do you do it actively?
1: Um, you know, I don't, I don't do any teaching on it on either side. I used to teach many years ago. Um, but for me, my sort of lack of being able to read music and the sort of theoretical side, I just thought I'm not the best person to. To be teaching that to people because I struggle with it myself actually, um, and uh, and and I just I just didn't think that I was perhaps the best teacher when it came to that kind of thing, um, and uh, yeah, in terms of the sort of the whole production thing, as I say, because I sort of feel like I'm I'm always learning, I don't feel that I have enough valuable information that I could people i mean everything that i learn and i hear about it's all from online you know it's sort of youtube tutorials or you know um other people you know that uh, you know other drummers that i know um so yeah i don't i don't i don't uh, yeah i'm it's not that i'm secretive about it i just don't you know, I'm sort of busy here recording and working away, I guess. Um, and I just don't feel that I feel there's people are a hell of a lot more qualified than I am to talk about things like that. Um, yeah.
0: Fair enough. So if someone was to want to get into the production side of things and looking at setting up some home recordings and doing that side, would you recommend, you know, obviously you've got the YouTube, is there any, is there any videos that stick out that you could recommend to anyone that, I mean, like you say, there's, there's thousands on there that, that you know, can offer good advice, but is there any in particular that stick out? Asking for myself as well, just because I won't mind Sure, yeah, all, but, yeah. Um, yeah, are there any that stick out that you could recommend?
1: I, I really, I, so I started watching a um, chat called, called uh, Andrew Masters on
0: YouTube. Does the yeah. um, studio tours?
1: That's right. That's right. And um, yeah, I found his to be really interesting. He's a very down-to-earth guy. He's a very sort of modest uh bloke when it comes to talking about gear you know and um and actually what i find really interesting is when he goes to other people's studios because then you realize that there are people with you know lovely great lovely studios but then you've also got people who are working out of really really small rooms and you and you know and he's talking to them about you know how 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 do you achieve this drum sound or how do you do that how do you do this and um those sort of videos are i think are so invaluable in terms of learning what little sort of people's tricks are tips and tricks that they use for getting big drum sounds um and that, and 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 that sort of thing um, i do remember watching uh, there was like a waves uh, like mixing thing it was it's like an hour and a half long or something this was like years ago i think it's still on um youtube waves somewhere is in
0: waves audio that provide the plugins Waves.
1: or oh, sorry waves audio yeah yeah cool um right. because i had um, I've got I've got a load of their plugins and I remember at the time thinking um, anyway I basically sat through this mixing session and copied what he had done I mean obviously it was you know he was mixing for the stuff he was you know it, it wasn't the same material that we were mixing but um, and I remember watching this video and I was like trying to create a template session here. Um, f- and uh and that really transformed the sound that i was getting like learning how to bust different things out through different reverbs and you know um and then just learning all these sort of tips and tricks really um you know running the overheads running a little bit of overhead uh, into some reverb which just gives it a natural kind of room sound a bit more of a roomy sound um so yeah i just yeah there's there's so many great youtube videos and there was that another guy um I think it's a Recording Revolution. I can't remember his name. um uh, long air. I, no. mm, I'm not sure he does. Let me um, hang on. I'm gonna have a quick look now. Um,
0: yeah, no. I'm trying to think. If I, uh, I I definitely watch a lot of Andrew Masters. I think he's yeah. I think he's Andrew the Masters. studio is, tours are is fantastic. I mean, studio tours are great to watch, but they're also you know I sit there and I think, oh god, I would love to. Uh, I love to have that sort of space. I know. It's a uh, yeah. They're, I know, they're good videos. I know. He's um he's got he's, he's done quite a lot to his space as well recently, hasn't he? So it's uh nice to see how yeah he has he has everything that he goes and looks at he kind of does to his space as well. So I'm trying to think definitely, of... definitely yeah
1: and and that's what I love that about him as well because he's very open about it as well and he goes oh, I'm totally going to steal that idea that's so cool that's great you know um yeah yeah I can't I can't, I can't remember the guy's name but the YouTube channel is Recording Revolution and he's Recording somebody Revolution. that's really. Um, yeah, recording revolution was that what I said before? I can't remember. Yeah, did I say something else? Yeah, um, I think we yeah. did. We'll so find out later, on, won't we? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, we will. <laughs> um, yeah, he's 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 great, um, and he's again somebody that's really um, it's really really useful to to sort of watch his videos because he's very down to earth and he does. Um, I remember when I was looking at upgrading my sort of interfaces, he was actually re- had released a video that said, "Do I really need to upgrade my interface?" Um, And the answer was essentially no, not really. Um, And he just explains why and he talks about, um, you know, some kind of basic mixing things that you can do that would totally transform the sound of your mixes from sort of muddy sounding drums, you know, or drums getting lost in the mix and how to fix that. So, yeah, Recording Revolution and uh, Warren Hewitt as well. Um, He goes quite technical in terms of... So he's produced like a pro, um, is the oh, okay, yeah. YouTube channel, yeah, um, and Warren Hewitt. He's um, again, he's great, and in, and another down to earth guy uh, in terms of talking about gear, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, all it's 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 like the whole thing really with with these different channels, and you know, it's perhaps not just down to mixing, but it's also great to hear what people say about microphones and stuff, you know, and uh, you know, using microphones that are a lot friendlier on the uh, pocket, you know, and actually hearing people review them, talk about them and explain why they use them in their studios. Um, and, yeah, that's all part of the learning process, I guess.
0: Uh, for, for a second, I had a really confused look on my face because I swear you, I, I thought you said Warren Buffett. Oh, so Warren. In my head, I was like, I didn't realise he, uh, yeah. he was into the whole recording <laughs> thing. Yeah. Maybe that's where he's made all of his money. But, that's um, it, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> just my yeah my deaf ears my deaf ears cool so just one like a couple more things i wanted to cover if, yeah sure if, if that's all right i don't want to take up too much of your time i've already been no, no. blabbering on for nearly an hour um, no
1: no no not at all and by the way thanks for having me and i mean we can do this at the end but yeah thanks so much for asking me because um i, I was surprised when you when you sort of uh when you reached out and yeah
0: no no i appreciate you appreciate you coming on like i say it's been i've wanted to have the chat with you for a long time so it's been nice to uh finally get you on
1: yeah finally get together yeah well thank you thanks again Ollie I do I do appreciate that
0: obviously when we first started chatting a bit earlier you mentioned um gigging and and being out and about what is your kind of split at the moment are you who are you working with mainly obviously I know you did some stuff with um the mysterious man himself Peter Andre who else have you been out and about with
1: uh so I work with a band called uh the chip shop boys and they're not um Pet Shop Boy tribute band or anything like that, which some people seem to think they are. They are, um yeah, I mean I've been with them for for, for for a number of years. Um and it's it's essentially it's a it's it's a function band. Um and uh we've sort of done um all sorts of venues, all sorts of gigs, um around the world and yeah, it's um it's uh it's good fun. It's good fun. And to be honest, I mean I do like 60 gigs a year, 70 gigs a year with them. So a lot of my time uh you know, especially weekends and that kind of thing, um, is, is very much taken up by doing that. Um so to some extent I don't do many other things um just because of schedule really. Um but yeah, I I I, I, I What sort of um shows are you doing with them? It's honestly, it could be anything. Um, we do all sorts of things. We've done um, we've done some celebrity weddings before, um, and then uh, I'm just trying to think what uh, a couple of years ago. Um, crikey, I'm trying to think when it was. Um, it was 20 yeah, it was 2019 into 2020. We were in um, LA playing for New Year's Eve um, at a, at a nice uh, venue, and then uh, we've been to New York. Uh, up on a rooftop doing gigs and yeah, all sorts of random things but it's it's can be anything. It really can be anything.
0: Got anything else coming up with Peter anytime soon or is he kind of...
1: So he's... Uh, I don't think there's anything at the moment. I, he was doing a few um, sort of festival things before um, but a lot of those shows, they couldn't get abandoned because, just because of logistics. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean... It, we're sort of waiting to see what happens, I guess. Um, I mean, I don't really find out until I just get a phone call to say, look, can you be here at this time, this day, you know? Um, but that's, that's, that's great fun because there is a lot of freedom there. Um, and, uh, yeah, before I did the gig, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, but it's, uh, he keeps you on on, <laughs> on your toes, you know. And there's been a few moments where it's just been like drum solo and you're just like really? Oh man. Okay, yeah. You know, he's he's su- he's su- such a brilliant showman. Um and uh yeah, and and the uh yeah, the M D for that, um he, Stuart Woolby, he's uh he's he's a very good friend of mine. And uh yeah, we Is we, that
0: how we you- have great fun. Is that how you got in with that gig in the first place? Was that for you mutual yeah. friends or something that you?
1: Basically, it was. It was. Yeah, yeah. And I've got a couple of friends who um, who I've who I work with within the Chip Shop Boys, uh, who also come in and do those gigs as well, the P gigs. So um, yeah, it's great fun. Great fun. And as I say, they're all fantastic musicians. So.
0: I bet the yeah, crowd um, are yeah. quite good fun as well at P shows.
1: They are, honestly, they are. It it really is a good laugh. It it, it really is. Um, yeah, there's a lot of energy.
0: What's the what's the demographic like there?
1: Well, I, you could probably imagine. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's. I didn't um, want to say it just in case the, I was yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, having said that, we've done a few and there's been a real like when when we were doing the tour, it was um, I think it was celebrating 20 years tour. Um and actually there was a real variety of sort of a huge age range of people obviously mainly females um (laughs) and uh yeah honestly yeah there was um there was a there was there's there is quite a range but um we do we do a lot of gigs um we've done a few in butlands and places like that and you know that's always that's always good fun you've got lots of Hendus happening there or, or stag do's and that sort of thing. And, um you know, again, you've, uh, yeah, it's good fun. It's great fun. You know, it's.
0: Uh, When's the next one with him or is there nothing booked in as of yet? N-
1: not yet. I think because of the just people are a little, kind of a little bit unsure as to what's going to happen. I mean, please, I hope nothing, you know, we don't get locked down again. um Not that I think it will happen, you know. I know I'm done with it. I don't know about you, but I'm done with it. Um,
0: yeah, <laughs> um, for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, at the moment, I think it's just kind of waiting to see, waiting to see what happens really. Um, as I say, I don't really know what happens in terms of uh, bookings and that sort of thing. I just, I just get a phone call and I, I find out. Um, but yeah, and it, really that's kind of it at the moment. I'm, I'm doing a gig with a chap called uh, James Kirby um, next week and he's a, a an original artist um, and i'm really looking forward to that so yeah i've been doing uh, that'll be the sort of first live show i do with him so yeah
0: do you find a lot of um a lot of the work that you do online sometimes materializes into people then asking you to come down and do a show or you know what um it doesn't
1: happen that much it's often the other way around sometimes i'll be you know I'll, i'll work with somebody um you know, so somebody like James, for example, um, and then he's also producing some tracks and, and, and he's like, hey, Max, can I actually just send you some music? Can you just lay down some drums? And so actually sometimes people do say to me, you know, um, I'm thinking about putting a band together and seeing as you played on this, you know, can you, you know, how's your schedule looking? Um, but uh, I'm just trying to think if... Um, probably only a handful of times things like that have happened, but not as much as you'd think... Um,
0: pretty i suppose i suppose with the what what do you reckon on average you're doing tracks wise at the moment i mean with 60 shows a year you've got what that's one a week at least i suppose isn't it so yeah between that and tracks what is your how many tracks on average again it obviously comes down to length of them and different projects and whatnot but what do you reckon
1: yeah honestly it it, it massively massively varies um sometimes you know it could be four in a day sometimes um or it could just be one. Um, honestly, it really, really varies. Um, it just depends what's happening at the time. You know, if somebody gets in touch and, they, and they've and they got an album ready to go, then, you know, that kind of, I schedule that for for for, the, for that week. And then on top of that, there's other people getting in touch. And, you know, so, yeah, honestly, it really, really varies. Um, so I've had a bit of respite the last sort of couple of days. It's been a little bit quieter and that's been quite nice, actually. But... Um, yeah, a huge amount of my client base, it's, it, a lot of it's r- sort of repeat custom, really. Um, I just try to do a, a, a good job, really, and, and, and hopefully people like that and they appreciate that and, and they kind of come back for more. Exactly. Um,
0: it's an interesting one, an interesting... Well, question I always find interesting anyway, but um, what, you know, when you say, like, for example, you've got a few days off, what do you tend to do on your days off? Because I always, like I say, you always varies whenever speaking to musicians it's always a a a mad answer or just something I'm never expecting so it's just nice to hear what everyone else does on their days off what what do you tend or do you find yourself back behind the kit again practicing
1: often yeah I, I I I can be a bit of a workaholic and so a lot of the time I'm I'm doing something you know um so uh I mean like today I'm not recording but I have got to send a session off to a client that I recorded earlier on in the week and they only just got back to me today to say that they're happy with it. So, you know, um, so I'll often be doing bits and bobs like that, um, you know, uh, and sometimes I try and record some content and stuff for Instagram, just some videos and just a little bit of fun. Um, and I, so I might do that, but, but um, yeah, I seem to be busy doing something It might not be drums, but I just seem to be running around doing something, you know. There's always something to be done. Somewhat
0: music-related, though, always. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, over the 10 years that you've been um, doing it, have you had an Instagram alongside that? Or have you found that since posting bits on social media, has that helped with... Do you find that it's mainly just other drummers that are following you? Or do you find that you'll get a lot of work as well from people throughout the socials?
1: I... I... Mm, I tend to find a lot of it seems to be other drummers. Um, I never really know when people are getting in touch. um, I tend to assume they find me on Google and things like that uh, when they're searching for like, um, you know, an online drummer. Um, So when it comes to Instagram, that's always kind of just been a place for me to sort of Yeah, Instagram's a funny one because I think, does anyone really care? Do they really (laughs) want to know about what, like, do you know what I mean? I just kind of think, you know, because all I can sort of say is, here's another session today, or like I'm doing this for someone. And then I'm like, but man, do I just sound like I'm just saying, look at me, you <laughs> know, I'm busy, and I'm working, and I'm doing this. But I just sort of think, well, if I'm going to be on here, I need to be posting something. Um, I used to upload a lot more videos and stuff of me just just having a bit of fun, really. Um, but I just haven't had the time recently to do that. So really, it's kind of just an outlet for me just to share some bits. And, you know, um, if people find it interesting, then that then that's fantastic that's kind of what i'm doing it for you know and i'd like people to ask me questions you know i'm never i don't want to shy away from that um but uh yeah i i would say most of the people on instagram that kind of follow me and and that kind of thing a lot of them are uh other drummers because i guess they're just interested in seeing you know someone play drums <laughs> you know or yeah, looking at exactly. gear yeah no
0: i i I think that first one that you just came out with—that first—does anyone even care? That that resonated yeah. a lot because I always think that I'm like, does anyone even care what I'm putting out? Like, that's the, it,
1: that's it. But I think, like, what's the point? I know, of this? I know. The thing is, though, I I just think, well, if I just go from Instagram, because um, yeah, I, I, as I say, I don't necessarily conclusively know where people are finding me um as I say I think most of it's from things like Google and that kind of thing but I don't know you know so I mean I know if if I was looking for if I was going to buy a product from any business and that's you know that kind of thing I'd probably look at reviews and that sort of thing if it was something creative I would definitely probably see if they're on Instagram and see what they're doing and I think Mm. if I could see someone you know like in in a studio you know if I if I wanted to hire like an online sort of you know guitarist let's say I'd totally go to Instagram for sure because I'd be like I can just get a whole showcase and see what they're doing and I'd be like well they seem to know what they're talking about or you know um they seem to be you know you know people are using them and they're you know um and ultimately just being able to hear what what they do so I think I never really know maybe clients get in touch and then they fight look at me on Instagram I think if I was just not on Instagram I don't know what effect that would have um I have no idea but it's just a habit now to just stay here.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, I mean, it's, like I say, it's kind of almost a virtual CV slash show wheel. Yeah, but, I guess so, you know, yeah. It's yeah. freely available. Yeah. Definitely. No, I, yeah, I get that, but I still will always be like, I don't even know why I'm, yeah. who, Listen. who cares what I'm doing. <laughs> well, you and I both. It's,
1: it's a I tough both. one, it's a tough one. It is.
0: <laughs> anyway, it comes to the, we've got everything. Somehow i somehow managed to get it all in there. Everything. All the questions have been answered that awesome. people have asked anyway. So there's just one final, one final question, <laughs> which I ask everyone that comes on. Um, had some very interesting answers Mm -hmm. had some hilarious answers some answers that I've been like oh yeah you know that's a a good shout but the question is um, if you could invent or uh, implement a rule that came into play for midnight tonight Mm. a law sorry not a rule Mm -hmm. a law what would the what would it be and what would be the implications of that so for example we had um, I think do you know Jake Reed yes his example his example was uh, I think this was Jake's example anyway. He said that he would stop people, or there'd be like a rule that you weren't allowed on your mobile phone while walking in the street because people just don't know where they're going.
1: <laughs> That's a good one, actually. Exactly.
0: So I can't remember, what his, his, um, yeah. well, can't remember what the punishment was for that, but um, I think it was maybe just like a fine on the spot or something. My, my example is <laughs> middle lane drivers. I think they're the worst people in yeah. the world. Middle lane drivers should be fined heavily. But yeah, what's... What's your what's your rule?
1: That is honestly that's tricky. I'm, I'm on the spot here. Um
0: <laughs> I mean oh, it was either gonna be that question or the other options I had was give us a quote that you live by. But I thought, oh, this one's a lot more entertaining. This yeah, a, I think
1: I think it is entertaining. What, I do you know what I think, and this is gonna sound like a bit of a cop-out, and it's gonna sound like I'm saying this because you brought it up, but I think when it comes to something like drivers. People driving badly is definitely something that drives me nuts. And being on the road a lot of the time, driving to and from gigs, I've seen it all. And I would say probably, I mean, this is so boring though, but uh, I guess uh, kind of like people, middle lane drivers, that's a big thing. Tailgaters, I absolutely hate. I cannot stand it. I cannot stand tailgaters. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's it's pretty boring, isn't it? I can't think of... of no, no, no. I <laughs> can't mean, think it's, of something it's interesting. the real-world
0: stuff, Matt. It's the, it's it the is. stuff that we need to attack. Sometimes I Getting wish... Getting rid of those middle-lane drivers.
1: Yeah, sometimes I wish I had like a James Bond car and I could just fire a rocket out the back of the car and just <laughs> knock them off the road, honestly. you know, And I, I tell you what, it's the people on the M40... Um, that's near where I am. I'm near sort of um Beaconsfield Way. And you get people coming onto that motorway in their very nice cars and they're just driving around thinking that they own the place. And that drives me nuts, you know. They're just like, You can't yeah. be in the outside lane, you know, look at me, I've got a Range Rover. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. get out of the get out of my way. Yeah. So yeah, I'd probably make that I I would um what would I do for that? Um, yeah, I'd make I'd, I'd I'd create a law where um, yeah you couldn't do that or else uh,
0: mm, what would it be? I don't know. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, what would be what would be the penalty? I tell say what, I think a good one would be. Mm-hmm. I reckon every car, every modern car should have it. Should be law to have cruise control in there because I feel like if everyone does the same speed, yeah that that that's half the battle because some people that's true Some people sit on the motorway they'll do they'll do forty then they'll go up to sixty then yeah. they'll go up to eighty then they'll knock back to forty, and you're just like what's good you can't do you know what you that know, is I feel like if everyone was at
1: sorry, that is so true, and that is definitely another real pet peeve of mine is that when you so I'm sat there with cruise control on, okay, so coming back from a gig, it's late at night, just okay, going down the motorway, and then you have someone that overtakes you. Okay, fine. And then they come into the lane in front of you and then they slow right down. And they slow down. And it's like, I'm oh. still sat here at, at, you know, at the speed that I set it to. So you go to overtake them, you know, because you're just thinking, okay, well, they're so right down. And then the best part, they then speed up alongside they you. They speed up. And honestly, <laughs> I, I'm literally, sometimes I'm like, what are you doing? What, what is going on you know what's and then you just had on, this yeah. thing where you're just doing this and oh man yeah that is so annoying that is a time when i wish i could it's, just yeah. shoot him off the road be done with it <laughs> Shoot <him laughs> off the road, yeah. it's so just annoying. Five
0: minutes i might just need to yeah. just pull over have five minutes and then yeah. carry on because you can't be bothered with it but oh. then you'll have five minutes off and then you'll still catch up to them because they're exactly. doing 40 for
1: exactly oh, exactly and then they will just yeah. shoot yeah. off they're again the... and you just think what what's going on <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's going on on the phone off the phone on the phone yeah off the phone. Yeah. that's a problem seen it all but yeah no i'm glad i'm glad i've got someone that agrees with the uh road punctuality side of things because definitely i think that's what it is it's only the people that do a lot of late night driving that understand because yeah. i feel like if you don't spend a lot of time on the road at, at night you just don't see it because that's when the worst 100 percent. 100 percent. like you'll have people sat like, like there's parts of the m62 that i use all the time that i think mm. have five lanes and the amount of people that will just sit in the outer lane when there's no one else on the motorway it's bizarre isn't it you just wonder what like, they're thinking
1: you just think. I can't get my head around yeah. it. Yeah, and then if you go, if they're right in the outside lane, then you're like, well, I don't know what you're doing. You're trying to, you sort of, kind of, under, you know, you're undertaking them because you're like, well, yeah. you're sat, you know, they're sort of looking. You're like, oh, you should be doing that. It's like, well, what <laughs> are you doing? <laughs> like, what, you what planet you're on.
0: That. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Then they are. Then they think you're trying to race them. And then yeah. Before, exactly. You know, it's, yeah. You both it's doing like- all good. <laughs> So I just want to get home. Know, yeah, I'm You're the shit drives, driver. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, yeah. As anyway. I said earlier though, Max, I appreciate you um, Appreciate you coming on. For those that don't follow Max, um, Max Sadie underscore drummer on Instagram. I believe so. Yeah, I did change
1: it recently, but I think that's
0: what it is. Yeah. S- Is it the same on Facebook? I think so. I think it's just Max Sadie Drummer. (laughs) Um, Oh, would it be best? Is it all linked through your website anyway? Yeah, yeah. You'll
1: find it all Yeah, it's all on wantdrums.com or it's on uh, another website, maxsadie.com. But either one, they all... Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're all linked together. So you'll find everything there. Yeah.
0: But yeah, if you don't follow Max, get on it because he has some tasty drums some tasty playing and <laughs> it all just looks it's yeah it's very good i i spend too much time watching watching your videos on instagram max so uh yeah thanks i appreciate man. you coming on hopefully um hopefully we can do this again soon and maybe we'll uh get to see each other at uk drum show next year
1: definitely definitely if it happens if, it happens if it happens fingers it crossed fingers crossed and ollie fingers again thank, thank you so much for having me on and um thanks for asking me along because as i say um it's it's nice to hear that you know someone wants to uh, wants to hear what I've got to say I, I guess. care Max I yeah. care know <laughs> well, that's all people. that matters yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so that's
0: much that's what Max man. appreciate it a lot mate I'll speak to you soon thank you speak to you soon